Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. We're back in action now, and nothing has slowed down over the weekend. We have a lot to go over. It was very hard drilling down to just three major stories. It's also the time to countdown for me personally and my family and my loved ones because Jesse Waters' book, the long-anticipated book, is finally here, and he's going to be talking about it exclusively with us until he talks to other people. So it'll be exclusive for about five to seven minutes, not counting Fox and Friends' appearance. So I'm not sure, in retrospect, I should have used the term exclusive. Please sue me. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West after that, who had a big announcement. He's going to be running for governor of Texas oh. against a sitting governor who happens to be a Republican. So before I get to Jesse, let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The loss of terrain and the, and the rapidity of that loss of terrain has, has to be concerning. One, because it's a uh, war is physical. But it's also got a psychological or moral component to it. Yeah, I would and, say so. Uh, hope actually matters and morale actually matters. General Scott Miller was in charge of Afghanistan and the exit couldn't be worse. It's so irresponsible. I'm talking about the abrupt, haphazard pull out of Afghanistan, handing the country over to the Taliban and China. Yeah, China will bring you the best, uh, uh, will bring you the least of the 2021 version, uh, or I should say the 2021 version of Saigon. Number two. Right now in Chicago, mm. over 2,000 people have been shot to date, and about 354 people have been killed. And uh, to date also, uh, 52 young people under the age of 15 have been shot, and 10 young people under 15 have been killed. The mayor's not listening right now. The superintendent, they're not listening. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, crime and no punishment. Surging shootings, homicides have Republicans and families crying. Dems stay silent. But once they do speak, guess who they blame? You got it. Race. Number one. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. Not really in this climate. N not most of the time. I think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing. No. <laughs> be proud of what? And what is there to be proud about if you're black? I think most of the time, no. Unbelievable. That's the uh, students at Georgetown. War on History takes aim at Independence Day. The text, the tweets are outrageous and all play into the teaching drill hole, drilled into your kids at home called critical race theory. It's time to fight back. And a guy that's always on the streets talking to people is Jesse Waters. He's got a brand new book out. It's called How I Saved the World. If you haven't seen it yet, it's not your fault. It's now available for the first time, right, Jesse? It is in stores today, Brian. Right, which is a very funny, self-deprecating way of being of talking about your story that brought you here at 42 years old that's right and i'll be 43 i think on thursday oh okay and the five actually turns 10 on my birthday so we're gonna be having a big extravaganza out on the is, is it okay if we broadcast from the plaza outside do you, uh, well do we have the fox and friends I permission think you're gonna have to pay do we have fee. to pay rent 
You should. I mean, we do own the veranda, uh, and we are the first ones to go out there. You guys did almost copy us all the time. You did a dunk tank for the longest time. We're, yeah, we steal everything from Fox and Friends. Right now, it's uh, and now we steal it from you. Uh, but Jesse, a couple of things, just real quick on that last series of sound bites. Are you surprised about the number of tweets from Maxine Waters to Corey Bush on down ripping this country on the Fourth of July? I've, I've you know, every once in a while one will come through and it'll stand out. But from everything I've seen, there's been more negativity towards our birthday. People have to be laughing at us around the world. It sounds like a Waters World Man on the Street interview. When I used to go out and ask people, hey, well, are you proud to be an American? What's the best part about being in this country? Who won the Civil War? And you teed it up perfectly. They don't understand history. And a lot of the politicians, because of social media, have designed a, an echo chamber for themselves where all they hear is left-wing fanaticism. They don't hear from regular people. They don't know what regular people think. They just think that everybody thinks like them, so they feel like they can get away with disparaging this country on July 4th. And I have a question for them who say they're embarrassed to be an American. Well, what other country do you want to come from? That's a great Where question. Where do you want to be from? You want to be from Romania? You, you want to be from Afghanistan? You want to be from North Korea? France? Go look at the French history. And right. then tell me if you're proud of the French history. See, they don't know anything about what this world has come from, and, and that's their problem. And what it's like now, uh, Corey Bush came out and says, when they say it's the 4th of July, is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people. This is a guy representing uh, Missouri, uh, a woman, I should say, Ashid Batar, who wants to be, she's a congressional candidate in San Francisco, uh, says, Corey Bush is right. It's almost as if our entire country has been brainwashed to ignore our history. Uh, and then, of course, Maxine Waters, July 4th. And so the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal. Equal to what? What men? Only white men. Uh, isn't it something that they wrote in 1776 that African-Americans are enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but they're thinking about us now. This is a woman who lives in a mansion who has been a congre uh, congresswoman for how many years? How bad has America been to her? Can you please explain that to me? What do they want to do? What's the solution, Brian? Do they want to now just give all of our land back to the Native Americans? Do yeah. they want to give the Texas back to Mexico? Do they we want to go back and give it back to Great Britain? How far back do you want to go? Should all white people go somewhere else? Constitutionally, everyone's created equal in this country. Right. So where are we going besides just running this country down? See, I just don't understand how it happened. Why 2020? Why 2020, 2021? Like, what... What just suddenly got traction? I mean, we were at a, a time when, you know, we were at, in the 1960s. We watched that video and we say, wow, men's and women's uh, black and white bathrooms and water fountains and back of the bus. We've come such a long way. What were we thinking well, back then? Well, it starts with the police situation. And that started in 2014. Remember the hands up, don't shoot. That's when race relations in this country really started to go south. St. Louis. I believe it was, I think they polled Gallup does it every year, black and white race relations. It was in like the 60s, 70s, 80s for many, many years. And it does a nosedive in 2014. And the media exacerbated that. And the media made it look like white cops were at war on young black men and murdering them in the streets willy nilly. And it got people thinking wait a second, are blacks and whites not equal? Or is there a race war in this country? And there was a lot of antagonism, animosity that the media fueled. And now it's gone way too far. And Donald Trump's not here anymore. So there's no fall guy. There's no finger to point to. So now everybody just points to America instead.
Ferguson started it. It ended up being a total lie. Michael Brown. Uh, right. And then I remember, I think it was uh, Shelby Steele who did a documentary, Who Killed Michael Brown? And he went over it and talked about it. That's how smart you are, Jesse. I uh, talked about it from the small p- picture, how it's a biggest lie ever, who Michael Brown was and what he did and the circumstances around it and why he has seen America. He was a radical in the 60s and he's come full circle. Uh, we'll talk about that, too. First off, let's talk. We have uh, another segment as well. But I just want to talk about your book. What prompted you to say, OK, I want to put this down. I want to talk about Mike shoots, the background that led to it, how you hooked up with Bill O'Reilly, what you did before. Uh, you got there. I needed the money. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. So you, you just got mad. You know, you having kids. Now. I got to a place in my life where I felt I had the space to sit down and really reflect on where I'd come from right. and put everything on paper. I'd gotten uh, remarried. And uh, I'd moved, and I was in a comfortable place at the five. I could kind of figure out the balance between everything. And I wanted to put it down, and it happened to be timed perfectly towards the pandemic. So I had nothing else to do except write. I couldn't go anywhere. And so I wrote it all down. You actually went from your house. You broadcast from your house in shorts. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Right? In pink shorts. And uh, for about a year. And uh, and then, like, when we got back to the building, I walked into the building with pink shorts, and everybody said, no, Jesse, the camera's going to shoot you head to toe. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. So I kind of figured out who I was and, and wrote it all down and started with Bill and, and with my liberal parents raising me and just kind of went kind of year to year. And, and this American journey, as, as it's called, from, from being a, a young guy growing up in, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, to now starting in the basement at Fox to working his way up to two shows, The Five and Waters World, it's been, it's been a fun journey. And there's a lot of stories behind how it happened. All right, we just talk about your upbringing. At first, you refer to Teddy Roosevelt. And I'm like, who's he <laughs> talking about? But you do refer to how much outdoor living you did. So did your parents your send parent- you to camp? Oh, a soccer camp. Okay, so okay, so I went to lacrosse camp. I went to sports. I did all that, and then my parents thought that I was getting soft. I think your dad was no American. He was a first team All American. Uh, he faced off at Denison, and it was very cold in his shadow, and because uh, I didn't play college ball, so my but parents. But you tried. I did, and it, I think. Uh, I think I flamed out in about three weeks. I had to get up very early for practice right. in college. That was <laughs> you tough did not for me. like that. Did not like that. I didn't have the right equipment also. I blamed it all on my equipment. And so my parents started sending me to survival schools. I think my dad had done canoeing in, in Canada. So I think my family wanted me to build character. I had enough character. Right. I, I was fine. And so they started sending me to school. Even in retrospect? perhaps this built even more character. But I'd go, I'd get to these camps and it would be like myself, a girl who was cutting herself and like, uh, like Chavez from the inner city who'd showed up with like his gear and like a, a glad plastic bag. Right. And I thought maybe like, is this a, is this a camp for troubled youth? And I'd get there and like lightning would strike and we'd all scatter and, you know, we didn't, we'd have to kill our food and I went through a lot of a lot of rough times out there. I think I had third degree sunburns, and I remember one, you refused to put on sunscreen. I refused to put on suntan lotion, and um, I was in love with a girl at the time. Right? She thought she looked better tan. I thought I who doesn't? And, <laughs> I, I and think so I did. my counselor, because I was so scorched, made me put on you know zinc oxide, the stuff. Yeah. You know, lifeguards just put on their nose. I had to put that all over my face. Right. So white goo all over my face, like a mime. 
like a mime. People are throwing sticks. Bugs are flying. They're sticking into my mm-hmm. face. And I finally see this girl that I'd fallen in love with um, at camp. And she looked at me. You know when people back away from you without yeah. turning their backs? Mm-hmm. Like she, she kind of backs away like without letting me lose her sight. That's how scared she was of me. I, I look, I look like, um, I look. It was like deliverance, right? And that's and that's kind of some of the things we talk about in the book. So that's why it, it's a tongue in cheek how I save the world because you talk about yourself in a very human way. I'm a survivalist. I survived here at Fox News. Right. I mean, every a lot of people left here, Brian. Right. Um, you know, you can't kill me. I will survive. I was put out in the wilderness for months, and, and they typical- gave me a match. They gave me a knife. And I came back alive. Right. And Very you, were, tan, you were in the tape room, one of the worst jobs ever, right? <laughs> Handling tapes, labeling tapes. And then you got out because you heard the O'Reilly Factor was looking, uh, was looking to staff up. You, do, you talk about your interviews with Bill O'Reilly, which are hysterical. And then he thought, then he realized that Bill thought you were an intern. <laughs> yes. So our first pitch meeting, everybody goes around and pitches Bill a story we think would be good television. So all the producers line up and Bill's just like shooting people down like, you idiot. Uh, what are you talking about? That's terrible. And I get up and he cuts me off and he says, no, interns don't pitch. Next. And Tabakov, our executive producer, said, Bill, this is Jesse Waters. You just hired him to be your new production assistant. So he says, all right, what do you got? Go. And I pitch and I bomb. And later that afternoon, our EP brings me to his office and says, Jesse, Bill thinks you're not articulate enough to be on television. You have two weeks to turn it around or you're fired. (laughs) I turned it around. He did. But that is a scary situation. It was scary. It is. Uh, Listen, more of on Jesse's story. His book is now out, How I Saved the World. He's also going to help our show. Not that our show needs saving. (laughs) I would say we need enhancing. And Jesse is providing that. And the thing is... (laughs) This is going to really, uh, our future, you and I, is going to really revolve around the fact that once your book is out and becomes a bestseller multiple weeks, will you still come back? That's the question you have to answer <laughs> at the end of the next segment. Okay. If you don't have anything to sell, will you still do the show? Yeah. Don't answer yet. Don't answer yet. <laughs> back in a moment, you listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Thanks for being here. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade information you want truth you demand this is the brian kilmeade show if you put yourself in an environment in which you have a high level of viral dynamics and a very low level of vaccine you might want to go the extra step and say when i'm in that area where there's a considerable degree of viral circulation i might want to go the extra mile to be cautious enough to make sure that I get the extra added level of protection, even though the vaccines themselves are highly effective. Okay, he wants us to wear a mask if we're around people that aren't vaccinated if you're vaccinated. What is wrong with him? This is the guy that's on TV more than you. This is why you don't like him. Right, no, you're that, jealous. He's getting so much airtime. This, by the way, I got a bunch of text messages. You use that analogy on the air the I other day? several yeah, times. <laughs> right. So evidently, people are like, yeah, I'm going to get Jesse for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you say now? So yeah, the guy's never turned down an interview. He even did Waters World. Can you imagine wow. that? Um, so yeah, right. Before he was exposed. Right before, and now he won't come on. Right. And he won't do the the house hearing either on the origins. So all of a sudden, this guy is really shy. 
after doing every after doing every podcast, every radio show for a year. You remember Tim Russell would meet the press? Yeah. So I'm watching Chuck Todd, who has no semblance of balance of no. even you know, Chris Wallace will hop on the other side back and forth. He'll find it find all your weaknesses and go after it. Nobody like does like Tim Russell probably ever will. But they just talked about this whole thing about us missing it. Didn't mention any with Anthony Fauci, how Trump missed it and said it was gonna go away. Excuse me. The guy you're talking to said, we have nothing to worry about. Don't wear a mask. And then he tells us to mask, double, triple mask with goggles. And you <laughs> never goggles. even, yeah, and, and I'm not kidding. And there, not, a, not a question on that. So this guy sees his career and his relevance fading. Once this virus fades, he fades. He's no longer useful. So he's trying to look at every little cluster and every little part of the country and then inflame that into something like, oh, the Delta variant we got to listen to Dr. Fauci. No, no, no. We listened to Dr. Fauci. We're okay now. We're, We're done moving forward. We don't need you anymore. And, I don't and even, he's still clinging to relevance. And I find that he could not possibly be doing the work behind the scenes if he's on the, in front of the camera so much. Quick thing on your, on your book, How I Saved the World. You talk. This is the other thing I think people could find inspirational, especially the 20-somethings coming out of school. You didn't know what you were a history major. You didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. You're trying a few jobs, not going overwhelmingly well, whether it's service industry, the finance industry. And then you end up, you you work for a political campaign for a... It was a judge. Who a was judge. running against Elliot Spitzer for attorney general. And you who were in charge of opposition research, <laughs> and you missed I was Elliot Spitzer's hooker problem. For opposition research. This guy was sleeping with more prostitutes. And you missed it. I totally missed it. And th that was my job, head researcher. And then when you get to a company, I feel it's a dead-end job. Wrong. You're labeling tapes one minute. I got to get out of here. I'm not quitting. I got to get out of here. You go to the hardest guy, Bill O'Reilly, to impress. You find a way to stay alive, and then you did the impossible. You, he's very fair. You impressed him, and then you become a central character in O'Reilly Factory. You get your own show, and now you're on one of the biggest success stories. Your show is a huge hit Saturday. Are we talking about the Brian Kilmeade show? No, we're talking about Monday. We're talking about the five. <laughs> that's right. So I got out of college and wanted to make money in finance because that's where everybody at Trinity wanted to go. And uh, I did not even take a single business class in college. And so I get to this company where we're handling about $11 billion under management. And I was on the sales team. So I could memorize a spiel. But then one follow-up question, <laughs> kaboom. And your boss came up <laughs> and to you and said, to me, Jesse, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? I said, honestly, I have no idea. And I got fired. And then I worked at a restaurant as a busboy. And? And... It was a high-end restaurant, and the guys in the kitchen hated me because they're like, you got to work at, like, Denny's before you work here. I was dropping plates. I didn't know how to plate food. And then so I tried to take vacation on the second week, and that was not – that was frowned upon. Jesse, uh, unfortunately, we're up against a hard break. How I Saved the World yes. is out. It's out. And we got to come back and continue to tell us how the earth definitely eventually gets saved. That's right. Thank you, Brian. All right. Congratulations on this. Beat Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's number one right now. See if Jesse We're is. coming for you. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.